Factor for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. The Biden administration is taking heat from both sides of the aisle over its plans to lift Title 42, expected to allow for a huge number of migrants across the U.S.-Mexico border. President Biden told former President Obama that he plans to make a second run for the White House. A former administration official connected to Russian President Vladimir Putin is dead. Also killed the man's wife and daughter. Elon Musk's bid for Twitter still live. The world's richest man is putting together a group of investors as he prepares to make a massive offer to buy Twitter. However, he may face a legal challenge from Florida's Governor DeSantis. A strike by 32,000 New York City doormen is averted as a new contract deal is reached at the 11th hour. The U.S.-Mexico border crisis is rearing its ugly head. The Biden administration is facing pressure from both sides of the aisle, Democrats and Republicans, over its decision to end Title 42. Here's Democratic Congressman Henry Kular of Texas on Fox News. 60% of the men and women agents, instead of being on the border and providing border security, they are in border processing centers uh, doing that type of work. So you add the Title 42 on top of that and have a, a, a large number. The Trump-era rule Title 42 allows for the swift expulsion of a majority of immigrants at the U.S.-Mexico border due to COVID-19. The Biden administration plans to lift it on May 23rd. Here's White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. It has been a long-standing open invitation. Uh, any Republican who wants to work with us on immigration reform, you're invited. But I think it's clear what we're seeing from Republicans is an effort to politicize this and not fix what we all recognize as an outdated and broken system. There's concern it'll lead to a flood of asylum seekers into the U.S. Title 42 prevented some 90,000 migrants from remaining in the U.S. during COVID. President Joe Biden told former President Barack Obama he plans to run for a second term in 2024. That despite a string of polls showing low approval ratings and a potential Republican landslide in the 2022 midterms. President Biden spoke about the 2024 election in Brussels last month. The first G7 meeting I attended, like the one I did today, was in Great Britain. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And one of the one of my counterparts, colleagues, head of state said, for how long? And so I don't blame I don't I don't criticize anybody for asking that question. But uh, the next election, I'd be very fortunate if I had that same man running against me. Biden thinks he is the best candidate to take on and defeat former President Donald Trump. Should Trump announce another run for the White House? Biden reportedly made the announcement to Obama during the former president's visit to the White House to celebrate the anniversary of the afforded. A Russian who served in Russian President Vladimir Putin's administration is dead. 51-year-old Vladislav Aviev was also an executive at Gazprom Bank, central to Putin's gas for rubles plan aimed at circumventing Western sanctions. Aviev's body was found by his 13-year-old daughter. She told cops he had a gun in his hand. Also found dead Aviev's 47-year-old wife and a 13-year-old daughter. His wife was allegedly five months pregnant by her driver. 
Investigators think Evief may have become enraged over her pregnancy. Police are investigating, though, the circumstances leading up to these three deaths. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is threatening to take legal action over Elon Musk's attempt to take over Twitter. During a Tuesday press conference, DeSantis said the state's lawyers are looking at legal options against Twitter's board of directors to hold them accountable for breaching their fiduciary duty. Florida, through its retirement system pension fund, is an investor in Twitter. Meanwhile, Musk isn't giving up on his bid to take over Twitter. The New York Post has learned that the Tesla tycoon is putting together a complex deal involving giant cash equity from other investors. Georgetown University law professor Erska Velenikova spoke to Yahoo News about Musk's bid. So Elon Musk's bid seems completely unserious as opposed to actual serious tender offers. It's not actually a firm commitment to buy all shares of Twitter. It's just sort of a notice that I'm interested in buying uh, all of Twitter, but maybe I'll get financing, maybe I think. And there's very big, serious question about Elon Musk being able to secure financing. Musk has made a $43 billion offer for the social media platform. He already owns a 9.2% stake. There's an 11th hour contract deal. The union that represents some 32,000 New York City doormen, superintendents and handymen have agreed to a new contract deal. It avoids a work stoppage 24 hours before the union's contract was set to expire. Here's SEIU President Kyle Bragg. After two years of our members being asked to give and sacrifice more of themselves than they've ever done before, They deserve more in return for their service, not less. The Reality Advisory Board on Labor announced the deal yesterday. This four-year agreement reportedly guarantees an average 3% annual wage increase, bringing a doorman's annual salary on average to $62,000. The current contract for members of local 32BJ of the Service Employees International Union was set to expire today. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, our highs 57, winds to 21 miles per hour. Overnight, the lows 44th, mostly clear skies. Another nice day tomorrow, partly sunny with a high of 57. Right now in the city, 41 degrees, cloudy skies. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Well, travelers are reacting to a judge's decision to abolish the Biden administration's mask mandate for mass transit. Here's a reaction to the lifting of that mandate by some travelers. It just doesn't make any sense. And the fact that, you know, we're out and about everywhere else with no masks, but here we are in the airport wearing masks. It makes no sense. It was already extended once and it never should have been. So I'm ready. Planes are kind of, uh, you know, space where we all share germs. And I, I think the mask mandate was something that people just felt safe about. The DOJ Department of Justice says it is considering appealing the decision based on CDC data on Monday. U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mazel ruled that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's mandate, which required anyone two years of age or older to wear masks on public transportation, was outside of the agency's authority. She called the rule arbitrary and capricious. Well, the fight over proposed term limits continues in Washington, D.C. Republicans want term limits for committee leadership positions to be capped at three terms. Republicans already have the six-year limit in place. Democrats are hammering the idea, though some moderates say it's not such a bad idea. 
If the rule were to be adopted, a number of long-serving Democratic committee leaders, including Representatives Benny Thompson of Mississippi of the Homeland Security Panel, Adam Smith in Washington of the Armed Services Committee, Maxine Waters from California of the Financial Services Committee, Frank Pallone of New Jersey of the Energy and Commerce Committee, and Bobby Scott, who hails from Virginia of the Education and Labor Committee, would actually lose their top spots next year. The notion of imposing the limits in both parties has gained steam among Republicans this congressional session after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, of course, the Democrat out of California, and her fellow Democrats took the remarkable step of banishing two GOP lawmakers, Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia and Paul Gosar of Arizona from their committee posts. FBI statistics show murders spiked 30% in 2020. Among black Americans, murders spiked 32% compared to 2019. The killings in the aftermath of the death of George Floyd in May of 2020 in Minneapolis, support for Black Lives Matter, and the defunding of police. Rich Stanek is a former Hennepin County, Minnesota sheriff. He spoke to Fox News. Just this morning, a group of residents in North Minneapolis, uh, one of the, uh, you know, one of the neighborhoods, uh, sent a letter to our governor saying, please, please, governor, declare Minneapolis a war zone, call in National Guard, call in state troopers, give us the help and the safety and security we need to live our lives. In 2019, at least 7,484 black Americans were murdered. That number shot up to at least 9,941 murders in 2020. And that represents an increase of 2,457 black Americans murdered over the previous year. A federal judge has allowed a legal challenge by a group of Georgia voters to move forward as they seek to disqualify Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from running for re-election. The group cites Greene's alleged role in the January 6, 2021 attack at the U.S. Capitol. Here's Greene on Fox News. These leftists, these progressives who would rather want, they'd rather have the judge or bureaucrats making decisions instead of voters. They want to hand that over to them and not let the people in my district to even have the right to vote for me. But no, the Republican Party needs to fight harder. As a result of Judge Amy Tottenberg's ruling, the Georgia voters will have their challenge heard before a state administrative law judge in Atlanta this Friday. Green will be called to testify, which would make her the first member of Congress to be questioned under oath about the events surrounding January 6th. An avid supporter of former President Donald Trump, Green has denied any involvement in the attack and is appealing. The judge is an Obama appointee, and the voters argue a provision of the Constitution's 14th Amendment, known as the Disqualification Clause, prevents Green from holding federal office. According to new data released by the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, more than 5,000 Ukrainians were detained in March most at the U.S.-Mexico border. However, President Biden has said the U.S. will welcome up to 100,000 Ukrainian refugees. The Department of Homeland Security Monday said the Biden administration is extending temporary protected status for Ukrainians for another 18 months. That will allow eligible Ukrainians to stay in the U.S. and apply for employment authorizations. Here is Yuri Boychenko of the Hope for Ukraine president, on Fox News. So we're working around the clock to uh, fix the and help people with food because in the last 
months, 30 days, we've seen a lining up in lines for two, three hours waiting for a bag of groceries. So uh, right now, until now, we brought in and uh, bought and delivered over 200 tons of food from Poland to Lviv. 4.9 million Ukrainians have fled their war-torn country since the start of Russia's war on Ukraine, now in its 56th day. Mexico has disbanded a select anti-narcotics unit that worked hand-in-hand with the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration to fight organized crime. The group is credited with the capture of notorious drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. Guzman's attorney, Jeffrey Lichtman. You can bury Joaquin Guzman under tons of steel in Colorado and make him disappear, but you're never going to remove the stink from this verdict due to the failure to order a hearing on the misconduct of the jury in this case. This grouping eliminated was one of the sensitive investigative units, the SIU, operating in about 15 countries trained by the DEA. The closure is believed to threaten and imperil U.S. efforts to combat organized crime groups inside of Mexico, one of the epicenters of the multi-billion dollar global narcotics trade, and make it harder to catch and prosecute cartel leaders. Well, China's brutal lockdown in Shanghai due to COVID-19 is worsening global supply chains. Goods in the city's ports are sitting idle. Here's harrowing audio of Shanghai citizens being manhandled by authorities as they try to escape quarantine. The city is home to the world's largest container port. It has been in strict lockdown since late March. Hundreds of cargo vessels are stranded offshore, worsening the global supply. 77 WABC time check, 515. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC early news. And we've got part two of our interview with Chris Christie coming up during the second half of our news. Let's head over to Justin Ellick with sports. Thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news hump day sports update. We'll kick it off in the NBA where we had three playoff battles last night. The Heat take a 2-0 series lead over the Hawks with their 115-105 win at home. The Grizzlies best the Timberwolves 124-96 to not that affair up at one game apiece. And the Pelicans steal one in Phoenix against the Suns 125-114 as they'll head back to New Orleans with that series tied up at one. Looking ahead to tonight, the Nets will try and bounce back in Boston after a tough game one loss the other night. That tip-off is set for 7 p.m. Eastern time. At 8 p.m., the Sixers will try and take an even more commanding 3 to nothing series lead over the Raptors in Toronto and the Bulls and Bucks will round things out at 9.30 with Milwaukee one up in that series. To the ice we go where the Islanders suffered a not so surprising 3-2 loss at home to the Florida Panthers as for the Rangers they took care of business at home against the Winnipeg Jets with Ryan Strom putting them up one in the second and for good. Rangers win 3 to nothing to secure their third straight shutout before they pay the aforementioned Islanders a visit tomorrow night. In terms of this evening look out for the Devils at home against the Buffalo Sabres. That face off is set for 7 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Now to the Diamond, where all New York baseball fans went home happy yesterday. Francisco Lindor is starting to look like his old self as he played the hero in Game 1 of a doubleheader in Queens against the San Francisco Giants. Tied up at 4, heading into the bottom half of the 10th, the star shortstop did this to keep the orange and blue rolling. Garcia ahead of the count of a 2. And Lindor lines it into center field. Base hit on the Mets win the ball game. Nimmo comes home with the winning run. Francisco Lindor with the tying hit in the fifth, the winning hit in the tenth, and the Mets take the opener of the doubleheader from the Giants. Five to four. 
That call, uh, courtesy of SNY, the Mets secure the game one win by a score five to four before promptly riding a masterful seven inning one hit performance for Mason Max Scherzer in game two to clinch a doubleheader sweep with a three to one nightcap win. Speaking of aces, Garrett Cole took the ball for the Yanks against the, against the Tigers and looked anything but that, failing to get out of the second inning in Detroit. Cole has yet to register a qualified start on the season, which has left Yankees fans wondering what that $324 million was for. Fear not though, as the bullpen would pick up his slack and the Yankees would prevail by a score of Four to two. Both teams will be back in action tonight with the Mets set for 7-10 and the Yanks set for 6-40. On a rare tennis-related note, according to reports, Wimbledon is set to ban Russian players from the tournament's 2022 edition this summer. The decision, in response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, would break from current protocol on the tennis circuit, which has seen Russian players still able to compete, but in a neutral capacity. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Thanks, Justin, and let's head over to Frank Morano with your business report. Thank you, Deb. Good morning. I am Frank Moreno with your business report. The opening bell rings this morning after stocks closed sharply higher yesterday as corporate earnings season rolls on. Bank stocks, along with tech, media, and travel shares, rallied as investors weighed first quarter results. More results are due today, including Tesla's first quarter earnings. At the closing bell yesterday, the Dow Jones gained 499 points, the S&P 500 added 70, and the Nasdaq rose 287 points. Google announced that in its plans to invest $9.5 billion across the country, $2.3 billion will be designated for New York in 2022. The company has called New York home since 2000 and purchased its flagship in Chelsea in 2010. This year, Google plans to further its New York City footprint with the purchase of additional offers space for its over 12,000 employees in the city. The head of advertising technology company Trade Desk Inc. received a pay package last year that the company valued at more than $800 million and which could leave him holding billions of dollars in additional shares. Trade Desk security filings show the bulk of the pay package given to the CEO, Jeff Green, reflects a stock option award that vests or becomes exercisable in eight batches if the company's stock price rises significantly over the next decade. According to data, the $835 million value that Trade Desk put on Mr. Green's pay package surpasses those reported so far by all 358 S&P 500 companies that have disclosed compensation for their CEOs. CNBC has learned Wall Street veteran Nelson Peltz hosted a $5,000 a plate fundraiser for Senator Joe Manchin at the billionaire's sprawling Florida estate last month, where several top executives said they privately hoped the conservative Democrat would switch parties and run against President Joe Biden in the 2024 election. According to someone who attended the event, Peltz, who is a co-founder of investment fund Tryon Partners, hosted Manchin along with at least 50 executives for a lunch aimed at raising funds for the West Virginia lawmakers' re-election campaign. They declined to be named in order to discuss the private event. I'm Frank Morano on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. Thanks, Frank. And looking at futures this morning, they're in the red. The Dow's down 37 points at 34,804. S&P 500 down 10 and a half. The Nasdaq has fallen 61 and three quarter points. Gold's down $10.40 an ounce at $1,948.40. Crude oil this morning up $1.10 at $103.66. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. And by the way, your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for a sunny day today. Our high 57 right now, 42 degrees with mostly cloudy skies here in Manhattan. 
Well, local mask mandates are looming again here in New York City. New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, said to meet with his top health advisors as cases of COVID-19 variants increase. He may restore those local mask mandates. New York City's alert level is at low, but last week, Health Commissioner Dr. Ashwin Vassan warned it could likely rise this week to medium. Here's Mayor Adams. After meeting with my health team, we're going to make a determination. COVID is unashamed about trying to disrupt our lives, and we cannot be ashamed to pivot and shift where the needs are. The daily average number of cases for the last seven days is up to more than 2,000 and increasing. It was 1,800 last week, but officials feel that those numbers could actually be higher. That's because many people are testing at home and not reporting the results. Well, a week following the resignation of her lieutenant governor following his arrest on a corruption charge, New York's Governor Kathy Hochul ignored the press as she left an event in Chelsea Monday night. Hochul was in Chelsea for the opening of a rooftop park on Pier 57. Here's Hochul on Spectrum News, New York One. So thank you, Google, for seeing the potential that we didn't even know ourselves. By your leadership in coming here two decades ago, you paved the way for others to say, well, if it's good enough for Google, what are we waiting for? Hochul is facing a challenge in the June primary, June 28th, from public advocate Jamani Williams and Congressman Tom Swazi. The husband of slain Queen's mother, Orsalia Gal, reportedly received a threatening message before his wife's brutal death from someone who said she was responsible for putting him in prison. An autopsy reveals Gal was brutally stabbed nearly 60 times before her body was dumped inside of a duffel bag not far from her $2.1 million home in Forest Hills, Queens. She was married to a financial advisory firm founder, Howard Klein, who was away with one of the couple's two sons at the time of the murder. WPIX is reporting Klein received a text message from somebody who warned in part, Your wife sent me to jail some years ago when you were living near Austin Street in Forest Hills. I'm back. Don't call the police or I will kill your family. Here is the victim's doctor. I couldn't imagine why why this would happen to her. I just couldn't imagine. Um... And I hope the husband's able to handle it. They were very nice people. She's a very lovely woman, very kind and a good mother. The couple's home reportedly had an elaborate security system installed. Police say there was no sign of forced entry. The suspect who attacked at least four victims on the Upper East Side on Monday at East 96th Street and 2nd Avenue is a recidivist. Police say the attacker Attacks, all of these attacks, these four attacks were all part of an apparent drug-fueled rage, allegedly, at the hands of 32-year-old Levon Davis of the Bronx. He was released from prison last month and has 14 prior arrests, according to authorities and public records. Former D.C. homicide detective Ted Williams spoke to Fox News in February about the revolving door of crime. We are sick and tired of living in fear of criminals. Criminals should fear us. They don't fear us because we have prosecutors who are soft on crime and willing to let them back out on the damn streets of this country. Police say Davis was found with alleged methamphetamine in his backpack and wallet. All of the victims were hospitalized in stable condition. Davis faces new charges of assault, strangulation and criminal possession of a controlled substance. A man who tried to allegedly sexually attack a woman he followed out of a Brooklyn subway station is on the loose. 
The NYPD says the man also committed a lewd sex act. Cops say this happened around 12.15 p.m. on Easter Sunday. This unidentified man followed a 29-year-old woman out of the Grand Army Plaza for the 2 and 3 subway station and tried to sexually assault her, but she fought off her attacker. The man then allegedly fled into Prospect Park. And anybody with information about this guy asked to call the NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline. Here's the number, 1-800-577-TIPS. That's 8477, or for Spanish, one eight 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 five seven pista You can take a look at our website, wabcradio.com. A surveillance photo of this suspect is up on the site, wabcradio.com. A former New York City mayor, Mike Bloomberg, joined New York City Mayor Eric Adams at City Hall Monday, the duo announcing a new summer program for charter school students. Here's Bloomberg announcing the new program. Together with a group of partners, we're committing $50 million to help charter schools create or expand summer school programs that will provide a coverage of an average of five weeks of additional instruction in math and English. All charter schools serving students in grades K through 12 are eligible to receive funding for the program. And Adams and Bloomberg said Bloomberg Philanthropies and other private donors will spend $50 million to serve 25,000 charter school students in K through 8th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today are high 57, the overnight low 44. Partly sunny day tomorrow with a high near 57 once again. Right now, 42 mostly cloudy skies here in the Big Apple. Well, workers at Apple's flagship retail store at Grand Central Terminal here in the city are taking steps to unionize. So potential labor battle with the iPhone maker brewing. Chris Smalls is Amazon's labor union president. He spoke to CNBC about his labor union walkout. We had no PPE, no facial mask, uh, no cleaning supplies, no real guidance. Uh, no social distancing. And I tried to go through the proper channels, but the company uh, neglected to, uh, you know, hear us out. And ultimately, they just wanted to uh, stop me from organizing by quarantine, uh, just me. And organizers from Apple have dubbed themselves the Fruit Stand Workers United and are working on doing things like collecting signatures from workers, according to the FSW's website, as they attempt to organize. Follow several attempts, including Starbucks here in the U.S. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.